So, um, this past December at the 2019 uh, Impact Rock Church Christmas Party, we did a fun activity. We played Family Feud Christmas Edition, and it was awesome. It was fun. Um, uh, Chris and Sarah Herman uh, kind of led. They were the uh, Richard Dawson or the uh, Steve Harvey, you know, the host. Richard Dawson, that ages me a bit, but Richard Dawson was... It was awesome, a little creepy how he kissed everybody. But he was still pretty awesome. He was hilarious. Um, and so we played Family Feud. So we're going to do Family Feud to start off our service a little bit. We need, yeah, woohoo! Okay, we need your answers. So whether you are on Facebook, watching on Facebook Live or whether you are uh, watching uh, on our YouTube channel, you can comment and give answers. And Kara's over there. She's got a microphone, and she's going to be reading your answers so let's start the family feud. Woo-hoo. And I wish I had the music. Dun, 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 dun. What, you know, whatever. Yeah, you can find it online. Actually, I posted it online. Um, but one small caveat. Uh, we have an eight-second delay of when I'm saying this and when it's going over the cyber waves. So um, get your answers now, and then I'm going to have a drink of water, kind of pause for like seven, eight seconds. So... Um, uh, it's just going to be a little delayed. Uh, the category is things we lose. Things we lose. And we're not looking for objects. We're not looking for keys or your wallet or your dentures. Don't know how that happens. Um, but we're not looking for like objects. I, I want us to get creative here. So top 10 funny answers or creative answers for things you can lose. All right, start sending your answers. All right. Top 10 funny answers for things you can lose. I've got the answers in front of me. And so let's hear one of your answers right now. Debbie and Frederick says hope. We can lose hope. All right. So right now, let's, let's kind of stick to kind of funny and creative things. We can lose hope. We're going we're gonna to get to like a spiritual side in a second. So let me get us started. All right. I don't want to give answers. I've got answers. I'm not going to give answers. Go ahead. Next answer. All right. Lejeune says, my mind. You can lose your dang mind. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give one. You can lose... That love and feeling. Whoa, that, you can lose your, that love and feeling. Okay, what else? We need, your, we need your answers, people. All right, I'll go with another. I got a bunch of answers. Um, according to Austin Powers, we can lose our mojo. Yeah, baby. Um, any other answers? Okay, you can lose a bet. By the way, this is so lame that you guys aren't answering. This is so lame. All right, answer. You can lose a bet. Josiah and Tyron, I'm talking to you. Mr. Broncos are going to win 10 games last year. Um, You can lose your nerve. Any other answers? Bella from Erie says you can lose trust. You can lose trust. Good answer, Bella. Um, Another answer while I'm waiting on y'all. You can lose your cool. Anybody see Rocky Three? 
Apollo tells Rocky, be cool, be cool. And then all of a sudden, Clubber comes in laying and mayhem breaks out. And, and Apollo loses his mind. And Rocky's like, I thought you said be cool. What did Apollo say? That was cool. So you can lose your cool. And if you haven't seen Rocky 3, watch it tomorrow, not today because it's Mother's Day. Christine from Erie says, you can lose your keys. You can lose your keys. <laughs> all right. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. And, and there are so many objects we can lose and that we have all lost before. So um, a few more answers. You can lose your nerve. You can lose control or you can lose your temper. Um, you can lose your train of thought. Squirrel. Just forget what you were saying. Uh, Melanie says uh, her little niece sometimes wishes she could lose her voice because she talks so much. <laughs> well, good answer, Melanie's niece. Um, so we can lose patience, priorities, balance. We can lose momentum. So, um, okay, um, another answer. We have one more. Kim said she can often lose her phone even while she's using it. Uh, I've, yeah, I've done that before. It's been in my pocket, not, not using it, but had it with me. Okay, so we're going to shift gears a little. Okay, you're not done yet. So as a follower of Jesus Christ, we know that, that we have an unseen enemy um, who attacks us to try and cause us to lose certain things that we hold dear. So let's shift gears away from the funny answers to what are some of the things with kind of a spiritual perspective in mind that, um, that we might lose. I think earlier, what did Debbie answer with? Was it, Debbie said we could lose hope and that totally falls in line with kind of this, this train of thought. What else, just with that, um, that spiritual battle that we're in in mind, what are some of the things we can lose? We can lose faith. Kim says you can lose your innocence. We can lose our innocence. Christine says you can lose your confidence. Absolutely. And Talia says you can lose belief. Very good. Great answers. During this time, we can grow weary. We can lose our strength. Lejeune says we can lose direction. Oh, that's a good one, Lejeune. It's easy to do. If we take our eyes off Christ, we can lose direction. We can lose our first love. In, in the book of Revelation, the church, uh, one of the churches was admonished for that, losing their first love. Doris actually just said that, our first love. Kim oh, says we can lose good. our vision and our purpose. That's good. Yeah, we can lose our way. If we lose our vision, we lose our way. So what about this? What about in life? And keep the answers coming. What about in life? There, there are really tangible things that we can lose. And I'll just give an example. We can lose our health. What are some of the things that really hit home that we can, we can lose? Kim on YouTube says you can lose your peace. It's hmm. good. What else? got a few things written down we can lose 
jobs. And I know some of you have. Debbie says you can lose your security. Absolutely. We can lose our security. We can lose our homes. Two similar ones. Andrew says you can lose a friend. And Charmaine says you can lose a family or your family. Wow. Wow. Talk about hitting home, huh? Losing friends, losing family. Another one on YouTube says you could lose your home, your food, or your income. Absolutely. That's really hitting home, huh? Chris says you can lose your confidence. Absolutely. We can lose our reputation. So um, thank you. For, do we have any more answers? What kind of? Thank you, everyone, for answering. Thank you, guys, for participating. But thank you also for for bringing it uh, a fun intro to our service, but also being vulnerable and real with some of those answers. Um, in doing this, I hope I haven't lost the crowd. I, I don't think I have because I think these things, I think they hit home. I want, I want you guys to know that if you're out there and, and you've lost some of these things, some of these tangible things, you've lost your home or you lost your job or you've lost what feels like your security your comfort if you've lost your rep what you think is you've lost your reputation or maybe you have i want you to know this jesus is just as much restorer as he is savior you see we can't segment jesus and say well, he does these things better than these things. He is who he is, and he is restorer, and he is savior, and he is healer, and he is redeemer. And these losses that you may have experienced, they do not define you. Now, Satan wants him to define you. He absolutely wants him to define you. But I want you to know that Jesus has already defeated those lies for you. He's already defeated those lies for me. We just have to find truth in Jesus, who is truth. And the truth is that nothing is bigger than Jesus. So how do we lose these things? Honestly, some get stolen right out in front of us. And they sideswipe us and they just take us by surprise. And during those times, we feel absolutely helpless. It's like gut punch when we're like, I didn't see it coming. Some, just being honest, some we do to ourselves. When we, when we change our mind and we agree with sin, we agree with things that will satisfy the flesh or our, our self-focused or self-centered desires, and we find ourselves in the midst of sin, and the consequence of sin is death, different types of death. Sometimes we brought these about by taking our eyes off of Christ. Some get ruined. Some of these things, they get destroyed to the point that they seem to be utterly worthless, unusable. And the loss of many of these items results in misery. Now you may be wondering that what, what a unique choice of words there. Those words aren't my own. Those thoughts aren't my own. I found those in John chapter 10. 
So please turn in your Bibles or your Bible apps to John chapter 10. If you want to also just hold a space in Luke chapter 22, that's where we'll spend the majority of our time in Scripture today. So let's read uh, from John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, Jesus says, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. The devil comes to steal. We talked about sometimes things just feel like they're stolen out from under us. The devil comes to kill, to, to bring death, to, to render dead. But he also comes to destroy. And I looked up that word for what destroy is. And it means to render useless and bring misery. Destroy. This can't be used anymore. It's been destroyed. And to bring misery. But, not like big buts. I say it all the time. This is a big but. But, Jesus says, I came that you might have life. I came that you might have life to the fullest. You might have life more abundant. Jesus just got done saying what the enemy comes to do. And then he provides saying, but. And you know what's interesting about this? I love this. Jesus says, the enemy, the thief, the devil comes. And in in the choice of that verb, he says, it's, it's a relentless thing. The enemy comes. It's constant. Okay, he's constantly, you know, searching, seeing who he might devour. But then what did Jesus say? He doesn't use, he doesn't use a, uh, a forward moving tense or verb. He says, I came. I did it one time. I paid the price. I came. It is done. It is sealed. It is finished. I have won the victory for you. I came so that you might have life and have it to the fullest. Jesus rattles off three things the enemy comes to do, and Jesus says, "Ah, I I don't have to soapbox. Me, me, I came for you. You can have life because of me. Love it. Our God is a God of restoration. Our God is a God of renewal, meaning that he makes all things new. The title of my message today, is restoring lost things. Restoring lost things. He's a God of renewal. You know, in my garage right now, there's there's a dresser that we got on on the Facebook marketplace. And uh, we we took the doors off. We took the the little shelves off. And we sanded that thing down. We stripped all the paint off it. And... We're renewing it. It doesn't even look like the same dresser. We're restoring it. And it's, it's going to look brand new, and it is going to be brand new. It's going to be a new item. Imagine if that's what we can do to a piece of furniture with the limited skills that we have. Imagine what Jesus can do in your life because he is limitless. And his skills, he is brilliant. He is brilliant and skilled, and nothing is beyond his means. The major battle that we face in this life is not what is seen, but it's what's unseen. What we don't see, as we just read in John 10, 10, Satan is intensely 
and intentionally opposed to what God is doing. And I want you to know he's opposed to what he is doing in your life. He is, Satan is opposed to what God is doing in your marriage. Satan is opposed to what God is doing in your family, in your neighborhood. And it says that he never stops, Satan never stops roaming around in the, in the attempt to steal and kill and destroy. So check this out. The greatest defense that we have here. Uh, I'm a sports fan. And so the saying is, the best, uh, the best offense is a good defense, is what one of the sayings is when it comes to football. The best offense is a good defense. But I'm letting you know that the best defense is not offense. The best defense is dependence. Is dependence upon Jesus Christ. So I asked you earlier to turn to Luke 22 and we're going to read in a second. And we're going to see something worth remembering and we're going to see something worth doing. We're going to see this. Jesus is prayerful and successful and the disciples are prayerless and careless. The example we're to follow is that of Jesus Christ. The equipping that we're to grab a hold of as we read this is following the example of Jesus Christ who is prayerful and successful. So we're going to quickly read three passages from Luke um, chapter 22 and then I'm going to unpack one of them. Uh, Luke 22, 3. Then Satan entered into Judas Iscariot who was one of the 12 disciples. Verse 31 and 32. So just flip over to that. So we're still in Luke 22, verses 31 to 32. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. And then verse 52 and 53, still in Luke 22. Then Jesus spoke to the leading priests, the captains of the temple guards and the elders who had come for him. So this is in the garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is being arrested. And Jesus says, am I some dangerous revolutionary? He asked that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me. Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day, but this is your moment. The time when the power of darkness reigns. You know what's astounding to me? We just read three passages from Luke chapter 22. What is astounding to me is how many times Satan is found in this story in obvious ways. In obvious ways, not even necessarily in lurking and covert kind of ways. In those three passages we've read, we see Satan there in obvious ways. Now imagine how much he's lurking in the scenes you know, behind where we don't see. In Luke 22, we read that Satan enters Judas and is actively working against God's purposes, seeking to destroy the Messiah. In Luke 22, 31, we find that Jesus makes it clear that Satan wants to sift like wheat the disciples. And although Jesus is talking directly to Simon in this, he uses the plural noun. He wants to sift you. He wants to sift all of y'all. He wants to sift you, the disciples. And and I want you to know that we're included in that you. He wants to sift all of y'all, 
all of us, Satan does, like wheat. Then Jesus personalizes it and he does the same thing for us. Here he says, but Simon, I'm praying for you. And you can personalize that. You can take that to the bank. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus prays for us? Did you know that we're told that Jesus intercedes for us? That astounds me. That ast- Governor, I, I live in Colorado. Governor Polis doesn't even know my name, much less pray for me. The Bible tells me that Jesus knows every hair on my, every hair follicle that used to be on my head and every hair on my chin. And he knows me by name and he prays for me. And then finally in Luke 22, verse 53, we see that the power of darkness seems to be winning the day and it will culminate in the death of Jesus on the cross. And Jesus calls it that. He's like, you're having your moment, Satan. The powers of darkness are having their moment right now. I mean, imagine just, our God is a fierce God and Jesus was a strong man. And he knew what was coming. And I love just, even, even the, the taunting nature of, you know, you're having your moment right now. But wait till you see what happens in three days. So let me circle back to that middle passage. And I want to read verses 31 through 33 from the um, expanded Bible. So we're not going to put a scripture up on the screen. I, I want you to really lock in and listen to me. So this is from the expanded Bible, similar to um, the amplified Bible. Don't lose your faith. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked, he has sought permission of me to test all of you as a farmer sifts his wheat. But I have prayed for you individually that you will not lose your faith. And when you turn back to me, help your brothers be stronger. And when you turn back to me and when you repent, help your brothers be stronger. Peter doesn't even know that he's going to deny Jesus yet, but Jesus knows. Peter didn't even know that he's going to have the biggest battle of his life as he feels that his reputation and his strength and his honor and his word have all been lost when he denied Jesus three times. Peter's going to have an identity crisis that is as intense as anything any of us has ever faced. And Jesus is already preparing. Jesus is saying, I know what you're going to go through and I'm praying for you. I know what you're going to go through and I'm praying for you. And when you've gone through this, you're going to turn away. You're going to look away. And when you look back and when you repent and when you change your mind, that word for repent is metanoia. It means to change our mind. And a change of mind has to be followed by a change in action. So we change our mind. Jesus, I believe you. I, I, I wandered off, but I believe you. And then the action is, I look to you. I turn from that to you. Jesus says, when you've done that, don't make it about yourself. Go strengthen your brothers. When you've done that, you've turned back to me, then make it about those people that I've called you to, that I've surrounded you with. Jesus is concerned that Peter would lose his faith. And what we see here is intentional, decisive action towards Peter, and that's prayer. 
Friends, I'm letting you know right now there's a few key things that we can't lose during this time. I know we've lost a lot. And I I don't even know specifically what you've lost. I I know there's heavy losses that you've suffered. But I want you to know you can't lose these three things. You can't lose hope. You can't lose, lose faith. And you can't lose focus. Hope, faith, and focus. So now I'll pose a question. What do you do if you fear that you have lost one of these things? What do you do if you're like, I, I feel like I have lost fear or, or faith. I have lost hope. I have lost my focus. You remember this, that your greatest defense is not offense. I'm not asking you to, to grab a sword and start swinging. I'm not asking you, you know, to, to engage the enemy. Your greatest defense is dependence on Jesus Christ. So what I'm asking you to do is just look to him, to call out to him, to run to him. Psalm 51, 17 says this, the sacrifice that you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. So friends, I'll ask us, have we yielded our heart to God? Have we surrendered and made available our hearts to God? Because that's what he desires. Not some grand gesture, not some grand sacrifice. Okay, so you've made mistakes and I've made mistakes. Let's say you've done, let's say you've lost something. Let's say you lost what you feel is your reputation by something you have done. I want you to know it ain't bigger than God. It ain't bigger than God. All you got to do is look to him. All you have to do is make your heart available to him. And God can restore your name. You know why? Because his name is perfect. And when we align ourselves with him, we align ourselves with his name and he restores, makes it better. Wouldn't even recognize it. That old thing, man, what I have now is way better. My reputation now, my name now, I never thought God could have done it. That's what he has for you. Have we repented? Have we yielded our heart to God? That is dependence. We can't stumble into dependence. Dependence is a result of an intentional, proactive giving of ourselves to God. Lord, I give you trust. I depend on you. Lord, I give you my hurts. I, I, I trust you. Lord, I give you my all. Lord, I give you my failures. Lord, I I, I don't know how I'm going to rebuild my name. Lord, I don't know where my family's going to live. Lord, I don't know what what I'm going to do for a job. Lord, everything that I had security in is gone. So Lord, I'm just going to make myself dependent upon you. I pray courage over everybody right now who that's hitting you at home right now. That's hitting you and you just need courage. I pray courage over you in the name of Jesus that the courage of God would consume your heart so that you can look fully into the eyes of Christ, not looking down, not looking at his feet, but looking at his eyes and his his strength and his acceptance and his good pleasure of you. He loves you. Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for him. That's dependence. That's dependence. That's totally dependence. 
it might be just the scriptural definition of dependence that no matter what this situation is I'm going through, no matter what I've lost, I depend upon God to turn it for my good. I depend upon God to use it for his glory so that his name is made even greater and made even more famous. That's the epitome of dependence. Hope, faith, and focus. So I'll tell you this, if you'll hold on to these things, if you you will cling to these things and say, I'm not going to lose hope, I'm not going to lose belief in Jesus, I'm not going to lose belief and faith and remembrance in who Jesus is and I'm not going to lose focus on setting my eyes on him and not all the distractions. If we will cling to these things, a lot of the things we've lost will be restored. Like what? Like strength. Connection. Confidence. Our first love. Passion. Your way. If we will make sure that we don't give up on hope, that we don't lose hope, and if we've lost it, that we'll look to Jesus and cling to him and faith and focus, then we'll see. We don't have to work on all these things we've lost. That's what I'm saying here. They'll just happen with our eyes on Christ. There's things that he just restores because because he's good. God hasn't abandoned you. If you're a child of God, I want you to know that he has not abandoned you. Even if bad things are happening to you, he hasn't abandoned you. And here's the thing. Life happens. Poop happens, right? Bad things happen. He hasn't run out on you. He's there with you, but you've got to walk. You've got to keep walking with your eyes set on him. Psalm 130 verse 7 says this. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord, there's unfailing love. His redemption overflows. You see, God loves us with a way that we could never even really imagine. We think we get it. We don't. And his redemption overflows for us. That was Psalm 130, verse 7. Now I want to go to 1 Peter 5.10. 1 Peter 5.10 says this, In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So, after you've suffered a little while, he will restore, he will support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. So here's what I'm, I'm trying to let you know. We've never been told that, that he's going to spare us from all suffering. In fact, it's quite the opposite. He said, you're going to have suffering. You're going to have suffering. You're going to have hardship. And I love this. Peter says, after you've had some suffering, Jesus will restore. Jesus will restore. Here's, can I encourage you guys with this? How strong is our faith if the first time that we're hit with something, we say, God's not real? How strong is our faith if the first time we lose something, we say, God's not real, God's not there, God doesn't love me? I'm not trying to sound patronizing. I'm not trying to sound condemning. 
But friends, our faith has got to be stronger than that. If we bear the name of Christ, our, our faith in him has to be stronger than that. Focus. We can't lose focus. I want to encourage you guys. I don't know when the church doors are going to open up. Hear me now. We can't lose our focus. When the church doors open up, we can't be so comfortable walk, watching Sunday morning church in our jammies with blueberry muffins that we don't get our butts to church when the doors open up. I don't care what, it, maybe Impact Rocks your home, maybe it isn't. Wherever God has called you, wherever your church home is, when the church doors open up, you do a blueberry muffins and laying around in your jammies another time. Not Sunday morning, not when Saturday night or whenever you have church because the church still has to be the church and the church still has to be strengthened and equipped and the church still has to grow in maturity. And it is best done when we're together. I, I know that this, this is a nice alternative right now, but I'm telling you there's strength when we come together. And I'll tell you this, if, if there's 100 people in the service, I can't touch 100 people. I can't. I can't pray for 100 people. The church has to be the church. So we come together so that we respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, and when he says, hey, go touch that person, that person's in need of blank. And the church, you, you know, you, you get up and you say, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to pray over you. The Lord just put something on my heart. He put you on my heart. So I want to pray over you. The church is needed. So enjoy this reprieve. I'm just letting you know, be focused that we got work to do. We've got a, the kingdom of God to advance and we play a part. Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2 say this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. When I talk about focus, friends, I'm letting you know your voice is needed. You speaking out and telling others what God has done is needed, is part of your testimony, is part of what defeats the enemy. Faith. We can't lose faith. We can't lose belief. Are you ready for a wake-up call? Are you ready for one of those scriptures that just goes, pa? Whoa, that was loud. That was really loud. Um, are you ready for that? <laughs> John eight twenty four. The second part of it, this is Jesus talking, and he says this. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Wow. If you don't believe who Jesus is, who he says he is, you're out of luck. I, I'm just, you're kind of out of luck. We have to believe. That's the very foundation of who we are as a follower of Christ. I don't care if you use the name, I'm a Christian, or you don't say I'm a Christian. Are you a follower of Christ? Because you don't follow something you don't believe. And if you believe, you have to follow. Did you catch that? It, belief in Christ never provides the option of sitting there doing your own thing. Belief in Christ mandates that we follow him. Redemption gives us a picture of the way things could be. The objective of God's work in redemption is to free people to be 
what they were called to be. That's why he redeems us, because he has a plan for our life. He has a purpose for our life. He's called us to be something. He's called us to be somebody. He has called us to to represent him. There are so many facets to God. And he's called you to represent some of those facets just brilliantly, just brightly. But here's the thing. You have got to be connected to Christ to truly know what you were created to be. You have got to be connected to Christ to truly know what you were created to be. I, there's, a, there's so much I don't know. There's so much I don't know. There's so many things I don't have answers for. And I, I'm perfectly comfortable saying I, that's a great question. I don't know. I, I don't got to make it up. I don't got to fake it. I don't got to pretend. But you're a pastor. Yeah, I, yeah, there's a lot of things I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't understand. But I do know this. Jesus can restore it all. Jesus can restore it all. If you're if you're sick, Jesus can restore your health. If you've lost your job, Jesus can restore your finances and your security and your job. I've never seen someone raised from the dead. I've heard about it, but I believe. And I'm I'm saying that to say life and death, man, when someone passes away, that's one of those instances where more often than not, there's a finality to it. But I want you to know, I, I truly believe that God still raises people from the dead. But it's according to his purpose, according to his will. And some of those things, they're not what we want in that moment. He can restore all things. He can restore all things. Have you lost your reputation? He can restore it. Have you lost your self-value, your self-worth? He can restore it. Have you had things ripped from you? Have you had things taken from you and stolen from you? He can restore it. I'm just, I want to be vulnerable here. I know there's people out there. I know there's there's women and girls out there that, that maybe they're purity or their virginity virginity was stolen from them. God can restore it. Maybe it was a result of sin and bad decisions. God can still restore it. That's just how big he is. We got to look to him. We let him define us and restore us and renew us. If you've given your life to Jesus, then what Jesus says is that we have the Holy Spirit living within us. And Jesus said this, the Holy Spirit living within you, he'll remind you of everything I did. He'll remind you of everything I said. So if you're a follower of Jesus right now, I want you to know, you you are just one sentence away from getting an answer from God because you can ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, can you show me how Jesus is going to restore this? Holy Spirit, can you show me how Jesus has already restored this, how he's already made a way? Ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of who Jesus says you are. Ask Jesus to remind you of who he says he is. And believe it. 
And set your focus on him and let hope be restored and then listen to him. If we're talking to the Holy Spirit, we got to listen, right? Not much of a conversation if it's a one-way thing. Ask the Holy Spirit questions and then listen to his response. Silence your heart and listen to the response. Jesus restores lost things. Jesus renews destroyed things. Jesus fixes. He fixes and makes whole broken things, and that includes hearts. Jesus. For those of you out there that are following Christ, I'm going to for those of you that have given your lives to him, I, I just know in my heart right now, I just, I, I, I sense the Holy Spirit just not letting me move on. There's some people that are just kind of disillusioned and you feel broken because you've trusted in Christ and you just didn't think you'd endure some of the hardships you're enduring. You, you thought he would save you from that because in In Romans 10, it says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you called, you're like, Jesus, help me. And and he didn't answer that one the way that, that you were hoping. He has an answer for you. You just gotta trust him. So I'm asking you, those of you that have trusted in Jesus, would you just trust him once again? Would you call out to him once again? Would you say, Lord, give me eyes to see what you're up to? Lord, would you give me eyes to see how you're going to restore? Lord, and would you restore me? I just, I pray that over you right now. And I pray peace over you. Peace, be still. Jesus said those words to the storm and the waves responded with complete stillness at an instant. The skies responded with, the, the, the winds stopped. Peace. Be still in the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus Christ. I speak that over the storm in your life right now. Peace. Be still. Now, for those of you who you're not a follower of Christ, he's not your Lord. I mean, you you acknowledge him, but you haven't given him your life. I'm just asking, are you ready to do that right now? Are you ready to do that right now to say, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe in you. I don't want to just acknowledge you, Jesus. I want to place my trust in you because I believe in you. I have faith that you are the King of kings, that you are the Lord of lords, that you are the healer, the savior, the redeemer, the deliverer, the fixer, the restorer. If that's you, it's as simple as this. Just call upon his name and say, Jesus, all this is yours. All of me is yours. All my past is yours. All my hope for the future is yours. Lord, I give you me because I believe. I give you all of me because I believe. I believe you are who you say you are. So I give all of me to you. If you did that right now and you haven't done it, the Bible says you are saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And here's, here's what I'll tell you. If you, uh, 
Maybe it doesn't sound religious enough for you because maybe you thought you had to say a prayer. You don't. You just got to call out to Jesus. Me leading you in a prayer isn't going to bring you to Jesus. You saying, I believe, and your heart shifting, saying, Lord, I give you my life. That's what saves you. And then the Bible says we have to confess him with our mouth. Here's what that means. You can't keep it a secret. This can't be the best kept secret in, in Louisville. This can't be the best kept secret in Longmont. You have to let people know. I trusted my life in Jesus. I gave my life to him. I believe in him. And I want you to know that we will link arms with you because you you're not supposed to walk it alone. We'll get you a Bible. We'll start discipling you. We'll get you a Bible study to get plugged into so you can start learning and growing what Jesus says to do so you can start doing those things. There'll be an email address at the end of the service and I want you to email us immediately after the service. If, if you made that decision and say, I trusted in Jesus today. I gave my life to him today. But friends and church, if you're struggling with something right now, you don't have to be walking it out alone. So I want you to pray. I want you to pray and call out to Jesus, but I also want you to, to email us so that we can be doing the same. Would you email us and say, this is how you can pray for me. In fact, if you want us to call you as soon as the service is over, I got my iPad right here. I'm going to open up my mail app. Andy's going to open up his mail app. Karen and Kim are doing the same. And I'm just letting you know our pastoral team, as soon as the service ends, we're, we're looking at email to see if, if you need us to call you and pray for you over the phone. Jesus is who I just said he is. Everything in this message today was telling you who Jesus is. He is the restorer of lost things. He is, and he loves you. And his love is ridiculous for you. You can't even imagine it. Call out to him today. Ask the Holy Spirit to remind you today just how much he loves you. I want to pray this blessing over you and then our service is over. Our time together is over. But I just want to remind you, please reach out if you, if you need someone to just provide a touch representing Christ, to pray with you, to stand with you. Heck, we'll, we'll, if, if, if we can, we'll drop by and honk our horn and we'll, we'll, we'll meet you six feet apart and we'll pray for you. We'll point you to Jesus.